You're listening to Dead Air Podcast, part of SplatterPictures.net. What's up, everybody? Wes, Dead Air Knife here with always typical Lydia today's show we're going to be doing the 2016 Korean zombie film train to Busan mm-hmm. I'm sort of ashamed that I haven't been able to watch Seoul Station yet because I had sort of planned on it but got busy of course with all these wonderful grown-up things but I'm definitely going to be watching it now because I did enjoy this movie even though it is long as fucking hell and like any long movie i i just automatically think and say it could have been shorter it could have been shorter and there are things in this that could have been shorter but at least it does clip along yeah i feel 186 miles an hour (laughs) i feel like this film is compartmentalized there's there's this sequence and then there's this sequence and so when you start watching it in those terms, I mean, the first time you watch it, you just kind of sit back and let the movie unfold. But this is my second time watching the movie all the way through. And so at this point, I, I did notice the time a little bit more. However, it's just uh, I don't know what I would clip out because I kind of like every little scene, much like a train car. You can compartmentalize this movie, right? Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. It is a super film and super in length. And it is the Korean super film grossing at this point what a billion dollars basically which is i'm not surprised that it's done so well i'm really proud that it's done so well i'm just surprised that i hadn't watched it considering all of that and the buzz was good and seeming to come from the right people but i guess i also knew that it was a request so (laughs) i knew i would end up watching it for the show anyway Mm -hmm. yeah this was a film request and so thank you to everyone and always for requesting movies it definitely gives us an opportunity to align our sights on certain films that maybe we never would have gotten to or i just would have trained to basan could have easily just been a, a short conversation with lydia saying oh hey you seen that uh trained to basan yet i'll lend it to you it could have just been that right but instead we get to sit down and do a whole episode about a movie that i know a lot of you guys out there really liked and it seems that every year there's always the it horror movies that people are talking about, right? So, you know, you can go back a few years and it's things like Insidious and then there's The Witch and uh, It Follows. And this year it seems to be Get Out seems to be the big one that everyone's talking about. And last year, there were, there, I mean, there definitely was a few to be fair. There's usually more than one but they always seem to come at the beginning of the year and towards the end of the year it's not really it's so funny because you think oh horror movies well yeah the summertime they 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 boom in the summertime right Mm -hmm. and they save all the drac for the for january yeah so this is a drac movie yeah that's what people do that january is known as a dump month so january and february generally speaking before the summer blockbuster season starts which seems to get earlier every year and 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 Christmas is usually now, like the Christmas season is, this is where you put big movies. And then in October, you're going to get your big AAA franchise horror movies that come out in October. But all these little ones, 
will come out. And then Speckled in the summertime months, because, I mean, we do have It Comes at Night that has come out recently, and people are talking about that movie, too. Mm -hmm. So there seems to be a lot of goodies. But I think what people really want to see is original ideas. And what I think Train to Busan has accomplished, what people find so fascinating, is, first of all, it's well-made, high production value Mm -hmm. on it. Second of all, you have... A, a zombie, you have an infection movie, which we don't cover too much on this. Not till lately. <laughs> Not till yeah. lately. We were talking about what was the zombie movie proper we've covered, and it's Nightmare City. Nightmare Other than City, that, we've yeah. been uninfected. Mm-hmm. Infection free. And so what this film seems to be doing differently it's all about how do you take an old concept and make it interesting? What if we just did zombies on a train? And it's some a simple idea like that. You're in this big, long, moving vehicle, public transportation going through South Korea, and just pack it full of the recently deceased and see what happens. And so I think that comes into like a really interesting scenario where you just take an old favorite like zombies. This is when like zombie movies are dead, right? Dead, dead, dead. Mm. Um, this shows that that zombies just don't die that easily Mm -hmm. and that's why they keep coming up because as soon as you get a compelling storyline a Mm -hmm. well-made film and a film that really does grab people especially from the very get-go like this film does it's the same sort of thing that happened with 28 days later everyone became very excited about zombie films Mm -hmm. all of a sudden because Mm -hmm. they did something even if it's slightly new and different. Mm -hmm. And it's not like the way The Walking Dead is just really about people talking, Mm -hmm. um, which is incredibly boring and it's really run its interest level, I think, in the the biggest way. Sort of like Survivor. It's gotten about the same waning interest chart Mm -hmm. as the Survivor reality TV series did. Mm -hmm. Um, That can't keep people's attention properly in the long term where... A movie like this or 28 Days Later that injects something new or injects a new scenario to it all. Mm-hmm. I like zombie zero day films are really all about asset management and watching people react. So it's whatever people you end up with. And this does have a few of the tropes as far as like the do you know who I am guy and mm-hmm. the pregnant chick and those sorts of characters that you see mm-hmm. recycled through horror film. But it's just, it's done very realistically, even from from the beginning and in every aspect of this film, from the way the infection spreads, the way that people react, uh, what the train can and can't do, things like that. It it's all stays very realistic. So I think that that helps make it very compelling and very touching from the very beginning. I don't mean as much touching in uh, the, the sexy times way. No, no. Or touching in the emotional way, but touching just in a very human way. Um, I like also that this film spurred us into like I Drink Your Blood and Rabid, the, some some infection movies proper that weren't zombie movies, where this does straddle that line. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It is an infection film. So mm-hmm. for zombie purists, it's not a zombie film, but it sure as fuck is a zombie film. Mm-hmm, and it's mm-hmm. one of the coolest ones I think I've seen since 28 Days Later, really. Yeah, it really has. Oh, I take that back. I saw The Horde. Chris had suggested The Horde. Oh, yeah. And... Wormwood is another Wormwood. even even ten times more fun uh, zombie film that I think they'll be covering in the near future. Mm-hmm. Um, and before we get right into it, I'll have to say check out uh, Bind Torture Cast because me and Chris did do a mystery episode. 
and I'll, I'll leave it as much of a mystery as I can. There's no zombies. Mm-hmm. I watched, uh, speaking of just Asian zombie films, over the last year, I watched uh, Zombie Fight Club, which I liked quite a bit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I liked that picture. So, yeah. It's, yeah. Nothing was as much buzz as this, though. None of those films no. that we've just t- said. No. And we are going to get to 28 Days Later. We are, That's yes. our next episode, so mm-hmm. we're pretty excited about that. But, yeah, there's nothing that's quite had that buzz as far as zombie since World War Z. And I have a bad taste in my mouth if you can hear it, people, when I say that because it was such shit. I had an interesting conversation with someone over the week who said that he quite liked World War Z. You know, I, and I'm not going to big. well, he was quite young. And so therefore, because that's mm-hmm. bullshit. I mean, the young people, young people that are listening right now, y'all have some good tastes in films and stuff like that. And I don't even mean to be shitting on an old, I don't mean to be an old person shitting on a new film. It's not that. World War Z is awful. And I think that one of the things about that film that if anyone has ever read Max Brooks, uh, Brooks uh, book, like you'll feel ripped off just automatically. Yeah. And, 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 and it's not the CG. It's not Brad Pitt. It's, it's the PG 13 rating. It is the bastardization of that fucking amazing story. There was a million ways to do it. That would have been more faithful to the book. There is the asinine, the asinine plot points in that film. You want to talk about unrealistic. A wave of zombies is not unrealistic compared to your two main characters surviving a Boeing 737 crash. So, I mean, you know, the, the, so like all those things and more, not to get in this whole thing about World War Z. And also the fact that since it's PG-13, the zombies just hug everybody. Just a lot of hugging. Just jump on people and hugging and a lot of flailing. I remember watching that flick and being like 20 minutes into it. And I was like, what? What's happening? What is? There's something off about this. Like, what is so weird about this? And, it's, and then I realized... There's not a drop of blood in this fucking... Yeah, it's like watching X-Men where people just go flying off to the side. <laughs> not the films, but the cartoon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I'm old. Well, the, the films were like that until Logan. Yeah. Then, then it was just like... This is what it looks like when your superpower is knives for hands. For like, real. Holy fuck. Yeah. Anyways, so... So, yes, zombie films had really gone away. I mean, a lot of people's perception would be, well, we can't compete with The Walking Dead. So why bother? We're going to move on to do other things. Oh, yeah, you can compete with The Walking Dead easily. Thank you very fucking much. I mean, Maggie is about the only zombie film that's a real competition with The Walking Dead. And it sits about that sleep factor that sends me into a coma. It's not really about zombies at all, is it? Well, despite the fact that you pr- have a personal distaste for The Walking Dead, most people don't. Yeah. So the um, so that just being, I'm talking about like overall perception. I don't know. I do beg to differ because the more I hear about Walking Dead is people making fun of it that aren't actually watching it like me. Okay. Well, <laughs> I mean, ultimately, like the ratings speak for themselves. It's still the highest rated cable show. The the point being, despite the the Walking Dead at all, is what. Train to Basan can prove is that we can project whatever we want onto the undead, and that's what makes them effective as bad guys for movies. And then you just put it in a unique scenario, and you're good. Basically, yeah. Basically, yeah. 
I can't see them doing any better with this. With the rumors of remake, which I really hope just die in the in the mouths of babes. It's possible. I mean, a lot of things get said that they're going to get remade, and then that never happens. The host comes to mind. Yeah, and this the interest just starts to fall off because yeah. this was announced like really rapidly after, which seems to be the trend. You know, if anything creates any spark of buzz that isn't an American film, they're moved to remake it right away, which is like. I think, it's, if not incredibly racist and pig-headed, then I don't know what is. Because the reason that they want to remake it is so that it doesn't have to be subtitled. Is that it? Do they feel they can do it better? Which, clearly, they can't with a lot of these films. That or they do basically a shot-for-shot remake, just with more uh, varied cultural cast, so that it, it appeases the need to have a very multicultural look while everyone is very distinctly North American? Is that what they need? Or is it just strictly the subtitle thing? I'd rather see them push a whole bunch of money into dubbing it. Mm -hmm. If they really need uh, an English language version of this. Mm -hmm. Because seriously, and I've said it while we're watching this, and I'm going to make a point of it. If they remake this, I'm just going to straight up boycott it. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't uh, – obviously, the idea of remaking into a North American version speaks to the fact that, yeah, they just they, – they would believe that there's an audience for it and, or there's an, a way to sort of cash in on it. If you spend a certain amount of money, the you might be able to at least through some interest because there's definitely people out there that don't know what this is. And who haven't seen it, who won't see it. Because in the same way that I encounter people in my everyday life that won't watch a silent film or won't watch a black and white movie, there's people that just won't watch subtitled anything. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, the, the reason why these films get made is because there is a market for it uh, or remade. for, And it is a shame, but uh, and I wish it wasn't that way, but it is, so... I mean, I have no interest in seeing a remake of, of this picture. I think this one suits itself. And and honestly, if you're going to remake things, which, you know, is happening, so whatever. Mm-hmm. It's just I would always prefer them to just remake things that need to be remade that are just awful. Like, why don't, why don't you, like, why do you remake something that's really good? Remake something that's awful and be like, whoops, that that's a fucking turd. But you see a nugget of something in there that's... Like scarecrows, even though I wouldn't say it's a turd. Yeah, I enjoyed yeah. Scarecrows very, very much, but it would be so fun yeah, with yeah. a remake. Take all the money and interest that they want to push into a mm-hmm. Train to Busan remake and remake Scarecrows, please. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could really... I mean, I watched um, the movie that I watched. This has nothing to do with anything. I have this other podcast, Panels of Blood. I've been reading Mars Attacks. I rewatched Mars Attacks, um, the, the film with a bunch of friends. It's a fun movie. It's fun. But... I mean, I would really like to see that remade. That would be really great, especially with some modern CGI and less of a comedy. And Ooh, that would be fun. Because I did enjoy Mars Attacks. I, I cringe at a lot of the comedy. It's just silliness. It's, 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 very, it's very silly. It's a fun movie, and I enjoy watching it. But I think that, you know, you look at those cards, you the comic that I'm reading, I mean, there's... It's it's very out there science fiction horror, but at the same time, it's not necessarily fucking funny. No. Um, and it's very violent, and that's something that's missing from that too. I, I was just like, w- yeah, you have aliens blowing up, but where's the people getting like more than just like a, a turn to skeletons? Like I want like gore and muck and kinds of shit like that. Giant insects. Where are the giant insects? Mm-hmm. But anyways, that's that's a whole other conversation. And it's a whole other podcast, so go and check out Panels of Blood. Yeah. Like, seriously, do. 
Yeah, yeah. So when I first saw Train to Busan, it was because of all that buzz. So at the very least, these it's nice when movies like this get that kind of buzz when it's deserving. When, you know, a lot of times... It, you were saying like the right kind of people were directing you towards that because you know we know that sometimes if if a lot of people are talking about an, uh, a particular film doesn't necessarily mean that it's for us it just means that it's managed to puncture the current zeitgeist and it'll go away but 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 like you know when when a lot of uh, your trusted horror authorities are saying that this is something that you should pay attention to uh yeah a lot of people uh a lot of people who are within that horror community will listen. And this film came to me by, I, I bought it before it was on Netflix, which you can watch it on Netflix now, but we watched the DVD. I picked up as my last purchase from HMV before it closed its doors. Which is sad, sad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And because I, I went into that store, I was like, okay, got to get something, got to, let's go. They're fucking liquidating their assets. I was like, oh man, Train to Passant, definitely picking this up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I've had some friends uh, watch it, and not not with me, but on their own, and they're and they're saying, "Hey, man, have you seen this Train to Busan movie? It's fucking great." So Netflix is getting more varied people's attention towards this film, which I think is a good thing. And it also, like any film that gets big, like Coaching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, definitely spurred a lot of people's interest in Chinese film, Japanese film. Um, and fight films in particular, mm-hmm. and some of the newer films that were coming out instead of old uh, chop sake, mm-hmm. which the wire foo is what, is what became. Foo. That's what they called it. Like like that's, it became this thing, and even that movie was so influential that it started affecting Western films. Definitely, there was like The Matrix and Three Musketeers, that that crazy one where they're doing like martial arts. <laughs> well, that makes no sense, but it works yeah. for people who enjoy that definitely. Yeah. And it's a it's a it's a spectacle. It's a visual spectacle definitely Uh, it definitely worked and it'd be nice if this would work the same way so then maybe people will tune into our past episodes about uh asian and korean horror Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely yeah especially when when you realize that sometimes a a simple idea about uh, from it can really pay off but it is a simple idea it doesn't have to be anything more complicated than it's, a, it's an infection picture. It's a zombie movie, however you want to say it. It's it's people in danger. It's an infection spreading. It's simple. It doesn't have to be a big overblown thing with all these twists and turns. You just have like this one story. And the cool thing about Train to Busan is there's also Soul Station. So if you're a fan of zombies and animation, yeah. you're fucking in luck. And it, it, it really... And that film is really talking about a, the class distinction. And it's I submit that Soul Station is a darker film. It leaves you with a, a, a far darker sense and you feel like the world's a little bleaker at the end of this film. Well, sign me up. Yeah, it could be like everything from the characters to the the military response, which we almost see in 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 train to Busan, everything about this is just very dark yeah i'm excited to see that. i'm excited to see the um, sequel which it keeps having the word rumored attached to it but i can't see it not happening so oh you're kidding me yeah. it, it, it's gonna be like the wreck films you know the like wreck just uh came out of nowhere did really well people loved it it got remade here in the west uh, they called it uh what was it quarantine 
But yeah, so I'm sure train to Busan is going to be the same thing. And then also the, the one of the things that I always try to tell people is that it, cinema has its you can go outside of Hollywood to find great films and, you know, they have a little less money and they have a little less reach, but you're going to have no less of a good time watching films from other countries. And, and, uh, and, and I think this is like a really good example of a film that, you know, you could easily assume that this was made in the West. Like it looks great. Oh, it looks fucking great. great. I mean, if you don't, if you're not hung up on things like subtitles and stuff, or you don't need these people to look like your neighbors to fucking have some sort of compassion or put yourselves in their shoes at all, Mm -hmm. then it's a fucking perfect movie. Mm -hmm. It's fucking perfect for people who aren't so picky, I guess. I'm really hung up on the idea that it would be remade, really, really. So I'm going to try and drop that right now (laughs) and not be such a bitch. Well, that's okay, because we need to focus on the matter at hand what is this movie even about anyways what it's mostly about is how in most zombie films there isn't much difference between like black friday shoppers or christmas deals boxing day deal shoppers beating down the doors at malls there isn't much difference in this film between a crying child smacking on a glass door and the infected that's my big takeaway everyone's got a little zombie in them somewhere and I do like that there's um, raging, running, screaming hordes, a.k.a. the zombies, and there's some shuffling, quiet, <laughs> you know, sneaking people, which are the humans. It's a bit of a role reversal from older zombie films mm-hmm. where the horde is a shuffling mass and the people are running and screaming and making all the noise. Mm-hmm. It's nice and backwards. Much Ooh. like 28 Days Later with Ragers, I guess. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Or Shaun no. of the Dead. Shaun of the Dead. <laughs> are you? That is another good one. They all shamble. Everyone shambles in Shaun of the Dead. Are you into the fast zombie? The into that? Like, I'm very into the fast zombie. Mm-hmm, very into the mm-hmm. fast zombie because I'm very afraid of fast moving, dangerous human beings in real life. So mm-hmm. I'm just equally afraid of them when they have milky eyes, I suppose, and black veins creeping up their face. That yeah. makes them just a little extra fucking uncomfortable for me because, yeah, and I, I, I don't like the idea like the idea of panic in a closed container uh, such as a, as a bullet train that's uh, very unsettling i also really enjoy how unsettled i am within the first maybe 15 minutes of this film just because of that you're in a closed situation there's a lot of people and people are volatile this spreads really quickly people are instantly enraged and violent when this hits them and it's infecting animals Mm-hmm. That's like one of the first scenes we see is darling Bambi struggling to get to her little Bambi feet now that they're all infected. And I really enjoy that because it's different than the infection movies we've been watching where we can follow our typhoid Mary from the get-go and we know how people are infected and we can tell like this person's infecting this person, infecting this person. It's a very small group for the most part, like until the middle way on a rabid. But in this one, we know right away it's widespread mass panic. Animals are infected. It's in probably the air and the water and everything. Like, n- you're not safe anywhere mm-hmm. in this. And there's no way to at all know where this came from. We don't even have a hint of where it came from till the end. Mm-hmm. So I really enjoy that immediate sense of insecurity and that immediate sense of danger. Mm-hmm. One of the things that this film establishes right away with the resurrection of this deer is the fact that you're already infected. 
it it doesn't necessarily require a bite. Yeah. Um, and also what's interesting about this film taking place in Korea is that you have not a lot of guns. I love that. I love that duality too. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. do. Um, normally in a film when I'm angry at somebody, because I did find somebody to hate in this film. Oh that's yeah, for sure. You got to have that though. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't really. Those buttons don't exist in me very clearly, or they're very tiny, or they're stuck and hard to push as far as compassion goes, and relating to people. And like, I'm not looking for somebody to feel for when I go to watch a movie because I've learned that that doesn't happen often enough with me. But oh, can I find someone to hate? Easy. And this <laughs> film just lays them out, just lines them up for me. But there's one in particular that. Is it works very very well for that trope, and I really do hate him. And I really wish he would have got shot in the head. If there's an American remake, maybe he will. But uh, no one has guns, so no one can just shut him up with a bullet. Mm-hmm. The best yeah. you're gonna have is a baseball bat. That seems to be their best weapon that they have. But even then, I mean, the this film, this film, while it has a lot of blood in it, it's not particularly gory. I mean, you're not gonna see people getting ripped apart and, and, and stuff like that. You're not going to see entrails on the ground. Well, they don't linger on the gore. It's no. a so very kinetic movie. Even the beginning, like, when you're sort of jumping from infection to infection, sort of just seeing glimpses of them, mm-hmm. just glimpses of infected people and glimpses of mass panic and glimpses of fires and little things. It is, it's very kinetic and very fast-moving, even though it is a very slow-moving in comparison to some of the middle to end of this film. Mm-hmm. It is very calm, but it's got these kinetic beats, so it keeps moving. It doesn't linger on exposition, and it sure as hell doesn't linger on the gore. So it just keeps moving, uh, treating all things equally. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So this young girl, Sue Ann, she really calls her dad out on his bullshit quite readily. When we're first um, introduced to Sue Ann and Sekwu, uh, father and daughter mm-hmm. duo, it really sets up um, this little girl as being an obedient, great little girl, but calls her dad on his bullshit quite readily, don't you think? Yeah, yeah. I think that what we have here is... So, Sekwu is businessman. That's what you need to know about this character. He is businessman with a capital B. He is very... You know, calls his people lemmings and... He even has them in his phone under the title lemmings. <laughs> it's pretty good. And... You know, buy, sell, trade. That's a lot of his dialogue at the beginning with, with his associate, Kim. Even when we do find out his actual job title, it's a fund manager. So, yeah. I mean, it could be fucking anything, really. But it works. Yeah, it, it, and it does work. And what we have here is a, is a very familiar story that we see in a lot of films. Not just zombie films, but a busy, work-oriented father who, in his mind, is providing for his family and doing the right thing. But... Because of that, his marriage has fallen apart, uh, and and his daughter resents him and would prefer to live with their mother, who is more nurturing. Um, even uh, Seku's mother thinks that they should try to work things out. So we've we've seen this in dramas and romantic comedies and zombie films, where it, it's it's I guess it takes the destruction of society to make you realize what's important 
to at least this character. But in the interim, his his daughter really reminds me of like the the, the son in Ringu. Just seems very self sufficient, willing to go on the train by herself. Don't worry about it. Don't. Yeah, I her don't... plan is like it's my birthday. I'd rather spend it with mom, so I'm going to hop on a train. See you, dad. Yeah, and and I'm not going to waste your time because she at this very young age understands that what is most valuable to her father in her eyes is time. He's always busy. He doesn't have enough time to work. So if that's the case, then I will be the least amount of a burden on you as possible. And I will just go by myself. He thinks that's ridiculous. She's far too young to take a train all the way to Basan. Yeah. And he's trying to tell her like, we'll go next week. I just want the time right now. Mm-hmm. And she puts him in his place saying like, you're probably lying because you do this all the time. Mm-hmm. You always say later and later never comes. And she uses a trump card of the fact that he got her a, a birthday present, which he had already gotten to her. Uh, he got her a Wii and she'd already gotten one from him the the previous uh, holiday, Children's Day. Yeah, for Children's Day. Yeah. So so uh, he's kind of, he, she's got to kind of in a rock and a hard place where he's like, well, what do you want for your birthday? Then I'll get you something else. And she's like, I want to go see mom. Well, um, yeah, you're fucked. Yeah, you got to go now. Yeah, you're as good as your word because you're a businessman. At least we've got that out of you. Now you have to get on the train, mm-hmm. which is great because they they cut short a whole bunch of bull crap exposition and feely feely crap, which is awesome. It's a nice straight to the point. Dad, you have to take me to Pisan. And then they get on the train. Simple as that. Mm-hmm. We meet a bunch of other characters that we can pretty much pick out are going to be somewhat relevant. And it's always fun when you're introduced to characters in a mass setting like this, you know, a lot of people getting on the train and and whatnot, you know, that every time that a camera lingers on a couple of characters, you think to yourself, Oh yeah. Okay. So you get to hear the whole conversation. Yeah. Yeah. These people are coming with us and this person's coming with us and it's pretty great. Pretty great. And we're introduced to a couple of ladies. We're our, our cute teens I like the cute teens because that means that we've just been introduced to an entire baseball team. And I was like, yes, I can't wait till they're all dead and zombified. (laughs) Nothing more fun than a zombified baseball team or a baseball team gang in the Warriors. Yeah, another favorite baseball team of mine. (laughs) Or the football team in Beetlejuice. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I always forget about that. Those are my favorites. Dying sports teams. (laughs) <laughs> it's it's the fact that they're all zombies together and now they're all in uniform so it's very unified yeah yeah it yeah. is maybe i'd be a good totalitarian leader everyone's the same and you're all in uniform zombies all of you <laughs> and the sports team people don't really ever seem too much different when when they become zombified yeah they're yeah just a little more feral but they have about the same capacity to think but yeah the infections jump on the train with them there's no way to avoid this. You almost think there's two because there's a homeless man huddling in a bathroom mm-hmm. and they keep cutting to a bathroom that has an infected girl in it. Mm-hmm. So you get kind of like that nice duality where you're like, who's infected? Are they opening the infected door yet? Da, 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 da. But they do eventually. Mm-hmm. And the attacks begin right away. Yeah, absolutely. And you had pointed out rightfully that the infections in this particular film happen very quickly. It's almost like 28 days later, just seconds, honestly. Yeah. Maybe minutes if you're lucky. Yeah, if you're if you're bit or scratched far away from your heart, it can take a long time. If you are, if you have your jugular torn out, like you'd pointed out with this one stewardess mm-hmm. um, or train attendant, I'm not sure what they call. Yeah, it. I'm not sure either. Train lady. 
A train lady, and train attendant. Yeah. Train attendant gets her throat torn out at its instant because she would have died right there. And yeah, then they have two. And pretty soon they have more because they just yeah. run through the fucking train. Mm-hmm. And I like some of the shots of the people sitting in the seats. And it's sort of like your point of view. If you would be sitting in this uh, window seat, sort of midway in one of these carriages and then all of a sudden this like fight goes past you of like milky eyed black blood screaming people yeah fun it's really cool and also what i what i dig about this the visuals that i'm looking for in a zombie film are i want to see humans with zero regard for their own bodies that's what i find fucking fascinating so you know we know that as people, there are certain instincts we have in ourselves that we will only exert enough force pretty much not to injure ourselves. Mm-hmm. So there's a limit to our strength. There's a limit to everything that we can do. And also, if you're trying to break down something, yeah, I'll try to break down this door, but I'm not going to break. Yeah. Oh, my finger. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to break my body trying to do it. I just will I will not be able to exert that much force. I just like my brain will stop me. But zombies don't have that instinct. That has been taken away so they're able to exhibit their maximum potential human strength their maximum potential human speed their the maximum aggression that they can feel and they will just press their bodies against these glass doors and they will run over top of each other and and again this is the scale of world war z done right you don't have to go from spot to spot but just to see the teeming masses in this confined space and look at them running over each other because you know you have all the non-infected either running in their or, or cowering in their seats or trying to get through that narrow walkway because that's the other thing about a train you're basically meant to go single file and if you can't get, go single file it's pretty hard to get away from people mm-hmm. and and so you and so but the zombies are just Whatever. They're bottlenecking. They're like plague rats trying to escape a ship everywhere oh, yeah. oh, all the yeah. time. That's just Absolutely. the way that they move. And I, and I really enjoy that. I think my very favorite, because there's a few scenes that are like pretty unique as far as that maximum potential mm-hmm. that you're talking about, which it should be exploited in every zombie movie is the, the one guy running with his broken arm sort of slung over his back while he's running yeah. to get more people, mm-hmm. which I really enjoyed that. Or my very favorite was zombie paratroopers. Yeah. They just jump out of fucking helicopters, land and keep going yeah. and with all these broken bones. They don't care. Mm-hmm. The, the zombies have this very interesting movement. Everyone kind of... Uh, not everyone, but a lot of times people, when they're giving people directions for being zombies in films, they want to always try to set their undead apart from other ones. So they usually tell people, okay, guys, no hands out in front. Like, I don't want to see any of that. I just want to... So the people give specific directions. Either they want their zombies to... Uh, I want you to move like your chest is compelling you like your brain is dead and the infection is here and your chest is pulling you forward or I want to see liquid zombies so you move and anytime you hit anything either another zombie or an obstacle your body is going to move away from it so you're almost like loosey goosey like that and then these ones are not like breakdance zombies but they're very much in that sense where like if if uh, if we've seen uh, Kayako from the, The Grudge it's that it's that jerky motion and they're I love there's like a lot of really great sound effects like Foley work going with like the crinkles of joints and neck bones and stuff like that. And then when they and then they start running. So they have like this they have two 
modes. But when they see something, all that jerkiness kind of goes away and they just bolt. Yeah, yeah. Face first. Like they're running face first. Like just trying to chomp, chomp in the air, right? Yeah. I like it a lot. I like it a lot. I thought you might be a little creeped out by that uh, a little bit of body motion that goes on when they're first waking up. It's creepy. It is creepy. And I do get um, uh, squicked out by unnatural motions like that. I think it's not quite where Pulse was because Pulse is just so eerie. Like it's, there's an uncanny valley to it, especially that scene where they're like, like, like I'm kind of leaning forward. I'm sorry. I do a lot of visuals. Like, I'm a lot of body language when I'm talking. So unfortunately not good for podcasts, but Maybe I need a YouTube show, but um, it, it's uh, it, it's really cool. And 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 once you establish, okay, this is how they have their zombies, and it's that the black veins and the milky eyes and fast infection and after yeah. killing and blood, they don't seem to be after the brain. They're not looking to eat brains, I don't think, because they mm. don't sit there and chaw down either. No, uh, there was a few times when someone would be that hapless victim or human shield. That would get tossed into a, a horde or a ravaging pack. And I'd part of me automatically think, okay, you're good for a while because they're going to all sit there and eat that person. But they don't. Mm-hmm. They more seem to be more concerned of spreading the infection. Yeah, that's, that seems to be the, the, the base command of whatever this virus is, is mm-hmm. spread. And and spread aggressively. And that is why you can have this infection that moves faster than a speeding train. Yeah, and does it ever? My God, they they do stumble upon a weakness pretty quickly. Um, they don't know how to work things. That yeah. the zombies don't drive. <laughs> yeah, these zombies can't even turn a doorknob. They don't. All they're thinking about is like get the thing that's moving. Oh yeah, in that sense, they're like a really shitty AI in a video game. Yeah, you know, you're doing those stealth based games, and a guy accidentally sees you, and they're like, huh, who's that? And you're like, oh shit, and you run around a corner, wait two minutes and then it's like huh hmm, no one there but yeah, that's what these guys are like so somebody right away figures out wheat pace to the rescue she splashes some water on one of the windows in the train because there's so many infected on this now that they've sort of tried to move into one compartment of the train mm-hmm. or at least another co- compartment that isn't full of fucking raging zombies and when they close the window they realize or the window the door rather they realize that they don't know how to open it, even though it's just a sliding door. Mm-hmm. So either they're safe behind that. And then if they cover it with wet newspaper, mm-hmm. then they're effectively invisible. Yeah. And at first I was like, how can they figure out these things about the zombies so fucking quickly? Mm-hmm. But this is also um, a much different place than our what North Americans would be used to as far as emotions and reacting they think a lot more readily than if this was any other American zombie film. And I really learned to appreciate that because even the next time I thought, well, how would he think about that so quickly? Or how would he come to this conclusion so quickly? Especially when it comes to the zombies' weaknesses. And then I just had to gently remind myself that we aren't all these gun-toting Americans that are going to shoot their way to, to freedom. Yeah, you're not going to see some fucking guy coming in with a chainsaw and, and just being like, supper time or party's over. Or yeah, there was no the Rambo-type guy with, like, no one showed up in fatigues to save them all, <laughs> which is awesome. Thank fucking God for that. The most uh, badass dude was this uh, Sang-Hwa. He, 
he was like fuck, like doing wrestling moves pretty much on these fucking guys. Yeah. yeah and we, we meet him as this kind of no nonsense blue blazer dude who's with his uh, pregnant lady and, you know, kind of ca- calls uh, Sequo uh, out on like being an asshole and, and, and not caring about anyone but himself. And he even starts to refer to him as just, Hey, asshole. Hey, yeah, jerk. And yeah. I like that. Cause, yeah. um, Suhan's dad responds. <laughs> it's crazy, especially when you you realize that when you're looking at these people and you're like, okay, so we have here's some brave people, here's some cowardly people, here's some frail people, frail people, got people. These elderly ladies, and yeah. even the homeless guy. Like you pointed out, he had a limp. I didn't notice he had a limp because I yeah. just thought they all came with limps. Mm-hmm. And I the, the the inclusion of this homeless guy, especially since he lasts so long to the film, really reminded me of Soul Station. Soul Station really is about it starts the this infection starts with the homeless mm-hmm. in the train station and it moves on to affecting higher society which i suppose would be regular people but they just think it's the homeless rioting and so it's people's response slow response uh, to taking these things seriously and not listening to them because they're homeless. Mm-hmm. All these types of things that unfortunately would be pretty fucking accurate, I feel. It would definitely be a slower, darker um, spin on this tale as opposed to uh, infected people spilling onto a train full of business class, first class individuals. Mm-hmm. Especially since it, it really is, oh, there's a homeless person on here. That's part of when Crocodile Rot, when he gets out of yeah. the flat and, oh, the flat, it's not a flat, it's a townhouse, but like the crack house. And runs across the street into the runs across the street into the restaurant. That's the first thing people just think and assume because he is a homeless guy that's on drugs, but he still looks like a homeless guy on drugs, even though mm-hmm. he's pursuing safety. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's why I thought you might find this interesting. That's why I definitely think you'll find Soul Station really interesting. Yeah. But I definitely thought that you would probably get a, a dig this the homeless character in this film. I do, I do. Yeah. He's really cool, and yeah. I like that he doesn't. Um, you know, he doesn't lurk around or anything he just goes about his own way and still manages manages to survive a lot mm-hmm. and he doesn't really play um con games at all no there was one point where he's like yeah i overheard this conversation so i know what's going on and you're mm-hmm. taking me with you mm-hmm. um but he doesn't like he's not overbearing and he's not a real caricature yeah, yeah survivor that's like yeah. that that's you know this is a person who society has rejected and he has survived on the streets because he's a survivor you would probably assume this guy's probably been homeless for 15 20 years maybe yeah yeah and and so the, he knows how to survive and and he's not following the herd he's oh two people went this way mm-hmm. and i heard a phone conversation so i'm going this way yeah i'll take the the fucking path of least resistance yeah and he's not, and he's not gonna fucking listen to this guy anyway he's he, the guy's like oh go back with the others and go to that station and he's just like okay yeah, yeah that's yeah. wrong gonna going. listen to who yeah there is one point in this film where i'm i think that somebody is barking orders at people and i'm thinking you do not have to listen to them and wouldn't somebody just please say i don't need to listen to you yeah but there is that power distance is very different in asian societies than mm-hmm. it is here so no one's going to take that chance to step on a superior as readily as a north american would because we're all just guns and fire and fighting and yelling yeah 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 i do like to yell so the weaknesses that you're talking about so once this train gets infected with these zombies and they bottleneck and it's fucking pandemonium pandemonium we would say that mm, i would say roughly 
50, 60 people have probably made it into this train. The train makes an emergency stop, not at Passam, but at a, at a station beforehand. Much, much of the chagrin of Mr. Do You Know Who I Am business guy. Yeah, the CEO, COO of the, um, the Korean rail company that basically is handling everything. So it is very much that, do you know who I am? Run the railway. Uh, he... I call it the KTX for short, but it's uh, yeah. Korea train, K-train? K-train, yeah, K-train. basically. And so the idea is there's a military uh, operation going on at this station. You guys are going to get let off the train. And quarantine and you. And you're going to be quarantined. Yeah, and, and it's safe. That's the thing that you need to know. Because we see TVs going on on this train, and it's all these news reports about, which is a really nice way to handle this, where you can just have the news going on the train. You can have the... You can have the um, populace like basically see what's going on all around Korea, and you know that this infection is pretty fucking serious. So it also kind of gets the survivors up to speed really quickly. Not unlike Night of the Living Dead, but even beforehand, before the the rabies infection hits the train, everyone's already seeing this and saying, "Oh, what's happening? What's happening?" Mm-hmm. And so the second one of them goes nuts. They kind of instantaneously know what's going down. And then when they get to the station, never fear. Here's a bunch of friendly soldiers to help you on your way. Right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. That was a great movie, Wes. End of the day. So, yeah. End, mm-hmm. end of the day. Oh, wait. Hang on one quick sec. They're all infected. Uh, oh, and this is almost as fun as a whole baseball team. <laughs> Except it's like a 40 or 20 or 700 baseball teams. Like, oh, my God. Yeah. There are a huge, it's a huge horde of infected army oh, yeah. guys. Luckily, they don't know how to operate any of their weapons. Oh, man, I was thinking about that. Oh, this is Resident Evil. They definitely would also be shooting yeah. at you. <laughs> yeah. But luckily for our few survivors, it's mm-hmm. not. Um, so they get chased back onto the train base. Yeah, the ones that manage to survive. And I love the scene where the homeless guy runs past uh, uh, Seku and he just throws his coat over the guy. Yeah, that's how he saves them. He doesn't need to fight. You just need to blind them, basically, because mm-hmm. that's the weaknesses uh, that we've discovered thus far is that yes. they, if they don't see you, they won't attack. Yeah, and they, they're very forgetful. They, they and, and when they can't see, it doesn't even matter really it seems in that moment that he can even hear he has no idea where you are so it's just like there's too much commotion going on and when they get back onto the train now we have a large group of survivors uh with a couple of characters that we're going to see a few more times or or one of our sung one of our sexy teens she's there and also um one of the elderly women and then everyone else is well there's people trapped in the bus area so Sana and Sung Kyung is uh, Sang Hwa's wife. That's it. And she's pregnant. I might just call her the pregnant lady from now on because I'm butchering that. But, um, and and she's trapped in the bathroom with Sana and uh, one of the elderly women. And it, it's cool because this is where they need to, they're in car nine. They want to get to car 13 and then they want to get on to car 15, I think. And so to do so, the boys got to get through a bunch of these fucking undead. And so they're duct taping their arms up. They're getting geared up pretty quick. This is where these guys kind of become a cohesive unit, right? And I really dig these things. But this is where we find that it's not just if you cover their eyes. It's not just if you put newspaper. Yeah, in front you, of them. like you're hiding basically from yeah, them. They can't yeah. see you. They can't fucking. They have 
uh, like no night vision. No, and not even no night vision. It almost lulls them into they, they don't go searching because you'd think okay they, if they can't see they'll just go pawing through the area to the last thing they heard or the mm-hmm. first sparkle of light or they will huddle together or something but no they just mostly stand still and just sort of look around really dazed mm-hmm. they they aren't really seeking light or sound unless you make a sound or mm-hmm. the lights come back on entirely yeah. they don't go seeking those things or they really go into stun which is great so you can just sneak right past them and they discover mm-hmm. this pretty fucking quickly yeah well, it's like well when you're fighting these things that's the thing it's like they're fighting with you they, they have their hands on you yeah and, and then, then you turn the lights out and they let you go and they just stand there mm-hmm, basically mm-hmm. and kind of look around and they don't sniff around because like i i sort of do like the rooting zombies that go mm-hmm. sniffing for people mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and we've seen that before and we've also seen zombies in other films that it is what you were saying the last thing they see if they if if they saw you go behind that door they will bang on that door incessantly until they break through or something else. Break their arms off and then they'll behead it with like stubs and stuff, Mm -hmm, yeah. mm -hmm. They'll dig relentlessly. They'll do whatever they can to get... No, these ones just flatline. Like their brains just shut right down and they just sort of stand there, sort of move around a little bit, but not much at all. And they don't huddle or touch one another either. They don't seem very aware of one another even at all. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I like it. I do like it a lot. But then... How long does a tunnel on a train last? Not long enough. No, not long enough. And that's kind of the scary thing is it's really great at building these tension scenes going through these infected. You know, the first train, they fight their way through. The second train is where they encounter the problem. That's where the baseball team's hanging out. But you gotta love that. Yeah, I do love that. It's really one of my favorites. And it is nice to see. It is nice to see young Gook. Um have that moment where he's like oh yeah i just kicked ass in this whole train car full of zombies and i kicked ass in another train car full of zombies i've been using my baseball bat like a motherfucker like i never knew i could mm-hmm. and i just been cracking skulls like he's probably cracked 200 skulls by that point and then it's like oh my friends <laughs> yeah and and you can see him kind of oh there's there's this one there's that one i know these people and so he kind of freezes he can't really yeah he can't really keep going with what he was doing but fortunately and they might have been fucked at that point but the next car there's too many there's just too many there it looks like there's 30 of them yeah. packed into this thing. And so this is where they start getting this idea of timing it. Now, this is really before anyone checks their phone to get a, a layout of the maps to really know how long. Well, the only thing they've done is check their phones and play it on Twitter. Yeah, yeah, hashtag zombies. But very useful, though, that you pointed out. That's how news spreads faster than a zombie infection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and that's what everyone's on their phones and, and shit like that. And they're using their phones now to their advantages. Almost, uh, it kind of reminded me of um, tossing the shoes in in Cube, where it's just like, it's a good plan if you can keep doing it. But unfortunately, with the cell phone, is you can use the cell phone to distract the zombies to chase it. But then that's it for your phone. Like, you don't have a phone anymore. <laughs> I did really enjoy it later on when, um, I can't remember anyone's names, where Sekwu is like, why is your ringtone so lame? <laughs> yeah, it's true. You know, there's a lot of really good moments, um, even if you're saying something uh yeah i know i'm having a hard time too i wish that like we had our paper i know i totally forgot 
when Sanghua is trying to give him a little bit of advice when they're locked in the bathroom together and saying, you know, she'll understand, your daughter will understand why you're so busy. Um, it, when she's older, it's like, you got to work, but you're just trying to provide for your family and uh, dad's take all the shit. And then he's trying to be serious and he's like, did I sound cool just there? You know, just trying to like, break the tension a little bit. It's a good line and, and it's pretty funny, especially if you're seeing something cheesy, it's good to like, like hit it off at the end with just make it a little light because you kind of realize and he's a dad to be so he's offering some sage advice where it's like you know if this is the way that you continue thinking you like you'll be a good dad because on one hand you're giving him heck for being a shitty dad and you're calling him asshole yeah and and, and shitty dad in front of uh his daughter yeah and then also being like you know what i do get it i get why you're being the way that you are Mm mm-hmm did I sound cool? <laughs> and then, like, why is your light ring, ringtone so shitty? And then the reaction to that is, how do I change it? <laughs> how do I change it? What's a, uh, what's a better one? How do I change it? <laughs> yeah, which is fucking hilarious. Yeah, I, I did like that. Yeah, it's good. He, he's a good dude. I, I like him a lot. Rough around the edges and shit. Just big, burly, manly man, right? But not a 100% caricature of that. He doesn't have, like, a fucking a grease-stained wife beater on and, no, and a no. bitchy woman in his ear that mm-hmm. they do genuinely care about one another or whatever fucking trope, like, you'd see in so many films. Mm-hmm. Kind of horror or not, any, any film. Um, it's only just like these subtle hints of these other crummy characters that I recognize in him. I like him entirely. I mm-hmm. like his pregnant wife too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It yeah. is good because pe- and when they finally get to them into the bathroom, you know, everyone's reunited. Our main cast of characters, homeless guy too. He's there. Mm-hmm. Gotta love him. I, I love like like I don't know. I, you're always just like root for him because he really he was at the station that they were at, yeah. right? So, so I mean, I had, you would ask me, is like, is that a character from Soul Station? And uh, I don't. It would have been one of them, but I don't. But he was not in that film. I don't. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But that is definitely now. Is one of the older elderly women one of the elderly twins there? Because there's Ingil and Jongil, which we rarely get to see or talk to. They're very, very minor characters. Mm-hmm. These elderly ladies. But um, not too long after this, we realize that there's uh, in the survivors' car. There is one of the elderly ladies, and among our survivors, mm-hmm. there is another elderly lady. Yeah, I didn't. Rec- I didn't remember her being with them all that time. Yeah, she was. Yeah, she she was in the she was in, cowering she behind. Was, she was in the bathroom. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So that's where she managed to. Because if you remember, she was. She got in in one of the the obviously one of the further trains. Yeah. Yeah. She but she got in with everybody else. I didn't even notice her until the scene that we're coming to. Yeah. Where now they have to get through this horde of zombies and they need to go over. They're going to go through the luggage carriers when the lights are out because they've now timed. When the dark patches are. Because they're in the 13th car where they find everyone in the bathroom. Big scene where everybody reunites. And then car 14 is full of zombies. Car 15 is where the new survivors are. Mm-hmm. And, well, and what they don't know, what we know, what they don't know, is that there's fucking Mr. COO in there. And he does not like the idea of other people coming from another train who might be infected. He is a horrible, sad baby man, and I fucking hate him. Mm-hmm. And he, they do a good job of making me fucking hate him. If I fucking hate him, I can't imagine the casual viewer. They must be just tearing their eyeballs out with hatred for this guy. Because, <laughs> yeah, he basically convinces the survivors in the farthest car that the people coming to rescue that girl are all infected, and they shouldn't let them in. 
So they barricaded the door with neckties. Yeah, that's pretty funny. There's even a scene later where they're like, more ties, they're coming. (laughs) More ties. It's like, listen, this necktie is expensive. I'm not doing it. And now amongst the group of survivors, one of the elderly women and uh, Sui, who was the sexy teen. I thought it was Sung, but it's not. It's Sui. Oh, okay. Uh, That's the sexy teen. But but, um, so you have... uh, so now you have a scenario which is very common in a lot of infections, such as zombie films, where survivors are turning on each other. There's people who are interested in surviving. This is a disease we've seen in real life and in film all our lives. What people are like when they think someone is infected with something, like some kind of a disease, people freak the fuck out. They don't want it. Yeah. So it's it's very easy to shun. I mean, also from the perspective of the survivors in the larger car with all with everyone else, they say, well, okay, well, we're fine now. So more people in here is just a risk we're not willing to take. And as they go through this scenario and the lights go out, the zombies don't see them. Of course, what ends up happening is just before they're out, a couple of them get left behind. The lights come back on. And this is a really great scene. You had a good reaction to this scene too. You were like, like super leaned forward in your chair, and I was like, "Okay, great." Lydia likes the movie. <laughs> but, I like this part very, very much. Yeah. yeah, because it is super tense, and it makes me just so angry yeah. that no one will listen to that girl, and no one will will rationally question the people. So far, the reactions of all the survivors have been highly rational mm-hmm. and highly effective. Mm-hmm. And this is right. This is where it start. That starts to break down, or that's not where it starts to break down. There's only one guy that's breaking down. Yeah. He has infected the other survivors with his fucking, fucking scared, scared man tactics. I hate yeah. him so and, much. And then influencing, influencing the train attendant, the only surviving train attendant left. And then that guy's wearing uniform. So what he says, people listen to. Yeah, and 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 it's crazy because you're thinking, this guy's rich. This guy's wearing a uniform doesn't make them in charge. No one's in charge here. No one's in charge here. You get a really fun look at that in the werewolf movie Howl. Mm-hmm. If, you want, if you like movies that take place on trains. Yeah. yeah. Then that's a really good people trapped mm-hmm. on trains kind of thing. Uh, that's a really good one that does explore that as well. And mm-hmm. almost gets comical about it and kind of kind of sad about it. But yeah. Um, it's it's a interesting visual where they have this whole car of yelling people yelling that the other people on the other side of the door are infected even though they're not and they don't know that and they have no proof and they're not going to stop and ask if they had guns they would just have started shooting them and they've got their hand over the mouth of the young cheerleader to keep her quiet so that they won't come in yeah and they think that no one's in there which is just stupid but then i guess if anyone had a gun they would shoot this businessman the CEO. it's true and and you'd think that maybe they would try to go for this angle of okay there's one gun you know because sometimes because yeah. sometimes there's always maybe uh one of the the no good nicks uh, one of the the badasses might have uh, i keep this around just in case you know what I mean? So they have like one gun and then that gun becomes like the pinpoint of humans pointing guns at other non-infected humans. Like that's exactly how this would have gone if there was a gun in the scene. You would want to use it 
with to shoot that businessman to shoot well or the I, what would happen is the businessman would get it and then he would like i'm in charge now i have the gun yeah it'd but, be a, a bargaining tool of some sort exactly yeah. so but like this movie doesn't go for that even though they're, i love that they, they're even though they're going to this idea that they've encountered military zombies they've encountered other people and they're they're they, no one has had time to grab a gun they have clubs and that's pretty much it clubs and tape and leather straps and Ties. These are the, <laughs> ties. These yes. are the weapons. The these are the weapons of choice. And then the rest of them, it kind of they just basically have to use their bare hands, which is why we are starting to lose some characters. Um, you know, we lose our we lose our fucking uh, big tough guy. He gets a bit right on the hand, and it's crazy because you'd think that infected would be dead because they got cracked on the head enough. That's the thing in this film. Up until the end, there is really no even indication. That these dead can be stopped. Yeah, where I was looking at some head trauma and I was watching some like eyes be torn out and stuff like that, and they definitely sustaining brain trauma, mm-hmm. but not enough to stop them. So it's hard to answer the question: Does killing the brain stop these? You don't mm-hmm. see dead undead anywhere mm-hmm. that I recall, anyway. Mm-hmm. Not toward the very end. Those army guys. One was twitching, yeah. So it, it's really hard to say, and, and it's 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 almost um, it's almost like a Return of the Living Dead type scenario where it's just these things don't stop, yeah. Ever, you can hit them in the brain, you can dismember them. I don't know, but but I mean, there, there seem to be dead ones at least either hitting the brain or shooting, um, like maybe severing the spinal cord to make the body stop being able to move. Could, yeah, and separate the head so it doesn't like crawl over somehow on its lips because mm-hmm. it might because these things do just keep going. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this is our, our first, um, a real leaf, our first of watching somebody who we've spent half the movie with mm-hmm. get turned and saying, sacrifice themselves. Why, yeah, yeah, he gets bit on the hand, does what he can to like keep everybody back, grabs one of the fucking zombies and like just is fucking like using that as a barricade. He's like, whatever, I'm already bit, so yeah, yeah, of course, when they. The rest of their crew gets to the other side. The first thing that oh, my thing turned off. The first thing that Sue Ann's father does is punch that fucking businessman right in the face. Oh yeah, and then what does the businessman do? He just starts saying that they're infected. Yeah, because he's lost control, and so now he is going to fucking get everyone against this guy by saying you're infected, which is ridiculous because I wouldn't been like talking about not being observant anymore. If, if these people were infected, you would know by now. So I really wanted Sikwu to be like, listen to this fucking idiot. He's brainwashing you all. There's nothing wrong with us. You can, you know, strip us. I don't know what it takes, mm-hmm. but you're listening to the ravings of a madman and he's ruling over all of you with his crazy fucking ideas. Can't you hear the stupidity and craziness in his voice? But he says all of that just with his eyes. There's for us to go and wait in the vestibule. They don't want them to mingle with all of the survivors that were in car 15. Mm-hmm. So they get pushed into the very back of the train. This is the very last car. And this is like where luggage is and stuff like that. Yeah, luggage and, and shit. And you know what's crazy to me is the fact that I would just think, fine, good enough for me. I don't care. Like I was saying when we were watching the movie, the people in the vestibule are not less equipped to fucking survive. Like no one has anything. No, and they're actually more equipped because one of them or two of them at least still have ties on. And <laughs> yeah. they have like, who knows what's back there. They could rummage if they thought that anything would help. And if the train crashes into something, they'll be probably fine. So mm-hmm. that makes me happy to be in the very last car. Yeah. I w- if people were just like, 
if this was uh, if this was uh, an American one, I'm sure they would just well, we'll kill them. That'll what happened. And maybe to make things extra tragic, you could have somebody get killed via like mob violence or some shit. He's infected, and they just like fucking beat him to death or something like that. I was waiting for that to happen. Right. Well, because you, you, I mean you, that uh, the the evil businessman guy, he would have fucking. The, I you get the sense is he gonna kill that teenager girl? Like you know what I mean? Like you don't know. And eventually, I mean, because there's nothing about that character that doesn't say that he wouldn't sell everyone on that car up the river to mm-hmm. get the fuck out of that place. Himself. And they must know it just to look at him. So I don't understand why he persists. But I. I I hate him and he's there and he exists yeah. for me to hate and that's I, right too. And yeah, you know, as, as the character's function is that. Oh, update on the driver, anyone? If anyone's wondering, he's fine. Yeah, yeah, that, that's, a, that's crazy. Yeah, and I would argue the most safe person on the train because he's got his own little compartment and no one and else. No one knows. can hear him. No yeah. one. It's it's shatterproof, bulletproof. It has no window. He's fine. He'll be. He would be safe forever if he just kept moving. Yeah. Yeah, but. Uh, that doesn't last long, does it? No. And eventually the idea is, and, and we know this because um, Sekou is in contact. He's got contacts because of the business that he does. He's got contacts with people in the military. And so they're trying to give him ins and outs of where he can go. He's trying to use these advantages to save himself and his daughter. His daughter is very focused on trying to make sure that they get to Basan for their mother. He knows that his own mother has succumbed. She succumbed over the phone. And so there's nothing left for them back in Seoul. So, I mean, at this point, it, it, it he just wants to get to Busan because that is where it has been told that it's safe. However, we don't know that because we've already been told that the last train station that they were, they stopped at was safe. And that was the furthest fucking thing from safe. Yeah, it really truly was. And 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 it almost got them all killed and it, and a lot a lot of the train survivors died there. They weren't supposed to stop at the station they end up getting stopped at, but the No, yes. R- the rails are blocked. Mm-hmm. And the conductor, who's only just really understand grasping this the reality of the situation. Mm-hmm. He hasn't seen he's been up in the front driving the train. He knows that the world has gone to shit and he is being he's just following directions about what station is safe, why the quarantine wasn't viable at the last one, and little things like that. But now he gets a full frontal of just how full of raging zombies his train is. Mm-hmm. My gosh. So when they're stopped, he basically just jumps out and goes looking for another train mm-hmm. to drive, Yeah, which is the smartest thing. But then we get an, a fun scene of the, the train on fire coming down the track. Yeah. And so we have another train coming, an oncoming train. Mm-hmm. It's like, this train's going north at 5.15 p.m. And this train coming south at... For 12 p.m., when do the two trains meet? Good thing one of them standing still, so this makes our, our math easy. Um, the thing that doesn't make our math easy is that our survivors have gotten, they've disembarked as well. Mm-hmm. Um, they disembarked before the conductor because mm-hmm. it's like a 15 train car. Yeah. And a 15 car train. So yeah. there isn't like readily available communication between these two groups of people. So, But not only that, but the, 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 the car with the most survivors in it has already succumbed to the fucking zombies. Why? Because our elderly friend has opened the door. Yeah. It, it's, it's this idea of she looked and really she has this moment. It's a lot like what you're talking about. She looks at all the infected zombies trying to get in and she looks at her sister and, and just this vacant 
look on her face and just realizing, oh my God, this person that's been with me my whole life is now uh, one of these infected. She looks back at all these squabbling people and she's just like, she's just like fucking bullshit. This is bullshit. Yeah. And so she just opens the door. May as well. I want to be infected with my sister, I guess. (laughs) And these guys are basically fucking infected. We're all fucked anyway. Goodbye. And so that's fucking great. And you're like, so long, everyone I hate in this car forever. Right, Lids? You're right. Yep. Sounds perfect. Yep. Credits. Credits. <laughs> so long, everyone I hate in this car forever. Nice. <laughs> nice. Uh, it's it's fitting, and I, I like it a lot. And I think that, unfortunately, because these two twin sisters are such minor characters, mm-hmm. uh, I think it could be lost in the translation where you just see this old lady get up and open the door, basically, if you're not paying attention mm. to who they are or what they're talking about or thinking about. And you would be like, y'all, you crazy bitches. Fucked everybody. But no. It would be that. And I get, I, there probably is people who would watch the movie like, oh, my God, that's so stupid. Why is she doing that? Oh, my God. I would never do that. Of course, you would never do that. But The only thing missing from that scene, like I said, when we're watching it, is her offering her sister boiled egg. <laughs> would have been stupid. Yeah. And it makes me doubt it's even a Korean film at this point. <laughs> one of them doesn't recite a recipe. Oh, well, all right then. But it was the one thing missing was the little boiled egg. That would have <laughs> yeah. been really sweet. But it also works in that I wanted that businessman to get killed right there. Mm-hmm. But he fucking survives. Him and that the one the one attendant. Yeah, your reaction to that was fucking fantastic. You're like, what? <laughs> yeah, I wanted him to be dead so bad. Especially since this guy is gonna basically lead to the death of fifty percent of the of our characters that are still in the fucking movie. It's crazy. Mostly just from being a careless cunt too. Um, sure, you know what? You know, take off on your own and save yourself. Do whatever the fuck you you spineless piece of shit but close the door behind you mm-hmm. it's all he needed to do in a couple cases and it wouldn't have been so horrible he might have even saved himself entirely if he would have done that mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. idiot yeah yeah he really was fucking ridiculous and shoving the attendant out and then he's fucking going the the, the train conductor is doing his best now this this station that they're at is a fucking ghost town. Um, one of the trains has got an infected conductor in it. He goes to the next one. That oncoming train comes. It doesn't hit his car, but what it does do is it hits the the track that the train that we've been spending all our time with is on, tips it. And so now as the survivors are trying to get out, there's a couple, the homeless person, uh, Sekwu, his daughter, pregnant lady, Sung. Mm-hmm. She, they're all... They're all uh, in there. It's sort of trapped because you've got one train full of zombies that's teetering on its side and it has fallen into another train uh, that has almost collapsed and fallen over entirely and is right kind of ass over tea kettle. So they're trapped on the ground in between tracks in this like little tiny tent of burning, destroyed, zombie-filled trains. It's a cool scene. Um, unfortunately, it it gives way to my least favorite scene oh, what's when, that? when our poor zombie uh, our homeless friend has to sacrifice himself Meh. nah man it happens it happens yeah i know it, it happens he does a good job he does do a good I job he does a good job i can be sad when a character dies this like. works very very well though because it's mirrored with 
him having to give up and sacrifice entirely where we see this discovery of strength within Sekwu, where he gets to have my all-time favorite scene in this film, really, is where he discovers his mama bear strength mm-hmm. because he sees a little bit of sunlight where he can just, just get out before all of these. If you can imagine, like, the side of the train with all of the windows has hundreds and hundreds of zombies pressing down and beating down, trying to get to them. So they're about to give way, and he sees a bit of sunlight where he can crawl underneath one of these trains onto the other side to safety so he just just makes it out before something else collapses and the zombies are about to bust through the door and it's just the pregnant lady his daughter and the homeless man inside that little tent of trains so Sekwu escapes but then when the debris falls in he has a freak out scene which up until the first, like in, in within the first 20 minutes of the movie, you'd almost get the idea that if this guy's daughter was trapped on the other side of a train, he'd be like, oh, that sucks. I better mm-hmm. go back to the office where I'm useful. Yeah. But he does have the unbelievable mama bear strength where he can take a giant metal piece of debris and free them from this train thing. Mm-hmm. It's just bad timing that the zombies are coming through the window, Wes, and you lose your homeless man. That's true. Um, this, the, I mean, the scene is is great for that aspect. Now they have the what was I going to say? Now at this point, the, we have seen this character of Sekwu go through a couple of changes. One, uh, you know, being very stern father. I'm a businessman. Businessman, capital fucking B. And his daughter, and and this is very. The typical, especially in Asian uh, storytelling, you would have a very stoic, hard character with, uh, coupled with a compassionate one, oftentimes a child. And, uh, you know, he helps her become a little stronger. He She helps him become a little softer. It's that. Uh, and we see it all the time. And so th- that is really what was going through this. And then ultimately, before this scene, before we finally arrive, when things are not just totally, utterly fucked just yet, Sekou gets a phone call from his man, Kim, after he's trying to call Sana's mother. And this is where we get the revelation that this company that Sekou has been uh, working for, channeling funds for, I guess, mm-hmm. I don't like, I don't totally understand what his job is. I guess just moving money from funding for this and taking funding off of that and selling this, buying this. I don't know. He used jargon buying and selling and his associate Kim is panicked and in tears and wondering if this infection is their fault because YS biotech was where this infection started. And that is the company that Sequo works for. Mm -hmm. And at this point he has that revelation before the train goes over before they arrive at the station and he's crying, and this is the most emotion that he we've seen out of him. But again, crying privately on his own, shield everyone from that. I cannot express my emotions publicly, and 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 of course says nothing. And then he just reassures, you know, Kim, it's not your fault. Maybe it's more his, because you know he's doing these things, not paying attention to anything. Like, like he's just like, oh yeah, this is the best decision. Put the money over here. This is that, and whatever. He probably never. No, you can fund a multinational villain and not know it. Like, there and there's no way that they would know exactly what they were working on. Or exactly. There's no way they would get a, get a phone call when this thing breaks free. There's nothing they could have done to prevent, and they did nothing they specifically did to cause this. 
True. Now, when and and then that's where he is also absolutely taking this time to save his daughter and everyone else. When so often he got out and we have he's expressed on several occasions. Now, maybe with his daughter, it is an exception. But generally speaking, he was we save ourselves. We look for ourselves first. And Especially then, even with his daughter, like in a situation like this. Yeah. Yeah. We, Don't be so nice to other people. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, in a way, he has a point in, you know, I mean, a lot of people die in this film helping other people. He's he is looking out for himself entirely. He's looking out for himself and his daughter, but he's not doing it to the extent that this businessman is where he's shoving innocent people in the way and stepping on heads and leaving doors open and just running like a fucking idiot. I hate this. man. Yeah, it doesn't close the door behind him. And of course, now the zombies are. Just spreading everywhere. We're down to basically just like a few characters. Now the conductor, our our friend the conductor, <laughs> it was a little Thomas Tempkins for you. Our friend the conductor has take seen our evil businessman running and gets out to help him. And it's so Tombs of the Blind Dead, where you got to get the slippery baby onto your fucking train because this dumbass has fucking twisted his ankle. Coming off the train. And he was mostly useless before that anyway. But yeah, yeah, it is very slippery, baby. And it takes too long. And the horde's coming. And oh my and of course, God. and of course, he helps get that guy off when they get jumped by a bunch of zombies. And he doesn't help the conductor. The conductor just gets mauled. And yeah. then, so he gets to the fucking train, finding the will to go through that twisted ankle. Or maybe he broke it. I don't know. But he's, he walks on it. But what we... Uh, and, and now... The fucking Sekwu, Sana, and uh, Sung are running to this fucking thing. And all these zombies pouring out of the train, all these zombies that were present in all these trains, it seems like, are now fucking coming en masse. Yeah. And this is, I love the sequence. They're fucking running over each other. There's this one moment that is a little like the World War Z movie, but just actually effective and pared down. Exactly, yeah. Um, where the zombies are just fucking running. Like, there's a little, like, almost like a cascade, a wave, because they see people to infect and then they trip over each other. And then now they're all fucking running and running. And there's just so many of them. And when I was a kid, this was always what I was looking for. This is why I like. Zack Snyder's Dawn of the Dead remake, really why I like it, and and why Twenty Eight Days Later is is a pretty effective movie. Although we'll, next week we'll get into all that. Maybe I'll change my mind after I see it again. But like, um, but uh, it was never enough zombies for me. That was the thing. Zombie movies typically back in the day were made on a budget, and so yeah, you got zombies. But there was what I wanted was this just fucking sea. We're a world of billions of people. We're in cities of millions of people. I want to see a horde that's described in World War Z, the book. You know, the the people in the International Space Station could see the hordes from space. That's what I want to see. Just holy fuck, there are so many people. The and and Zack Snyder's Dawn of the Dead gets close because outside the mall, it's just endless people and they're driving through it and it's crazy. And this scene is just like that too, where it's, I'm like, Oh my God. Yes. There is so fucking many. And they fucking grab onto the train and one grabs onto that one and one grabs onto that one. And then so on and so forth. And then you have like iron filings and a magnet. Oh my God. And then, and then it gets to the point where there is just so many zombies hanging onto the train that it's affecting the train. I don't know if they're breaking or whatever the fuck. Yeah, they are. It's something slowing the train down. We don't know yet. And then there's zombies running up that pile. 
It's fucking great. And then fucking Seku is just like stomping his fucking foot trying to get the zombies off. And it's absolutely incredible. It's so harrowing. And this is exactly the type of one zombie's not scary. Ten zombies is a little bit intimidating. Fifty zombies. Oh, my God. But what you want to see is just the futility of it all. We've already seen to these zombies and several times and it doesn't get old. It never gets old. Mm -hmm. The immense weight of hundreds of zombies crashing through plate glass windows, crashing through the train windows, just destroying doors. They can Mm -hmm. slowly eventually push through pretty much fucking anything. So to see them not just applying pressure and mass, they're building mass like a magnet tower it's crazy yeah um and they are just you know that there's a whole bunch of just shredded zombies on the bottom (laughs) and they're just going to keep running up like ants trying to Mm -hmm. get onto this train to the very few the the, the reward for the hundreds of zombies there's not enough live human to go around oh yeah like oh yeah but again it's that it's that they're they're programming yeah they're they're now infected programming of spread yeah spread when you see a non-infected spread and so that is what they're doing and so it, it it's it's fucking great and they are acting almost accidentally in unity because each one of those individual zombies only appears like they're acting together but they really represent individuals that have the exact same goal at that time and so it's not saying that the ones holding onto the train want to infect the people less and like, yes, I'll hold on to this so you guys can crawl up me and infect it. It's not that. No. And and that's how come they wouldn't give a shit about the the fucking hundred zombies underneath the the getting ripped to shreds dragging along the tracks. I mean that's rock and metal and train tracks. Those zombies on the bottom of that pile are not fine. <laughs> <laughs> They're not. And I do like that there's no like magical bullet. They don't find a flare gun. They don't have Nothing. some trick. They just he just stomps on zombie hands until eventually enough of them let go that the sheer weight of that giant bridal train of fucking zombies after this train pulls it off the train and the train can go mm-hmm. and then you see a whole bunch of zombies on the train track sort of like dragging their upper torsos along after the train and it doesn't show it not super gory everything happens so fast there's no time to linger on these things but we know that they have no legs yeah well who's driving this train anyway wait yeah the conductor died yeah oh my god who is driving this train maybe it's a self-driving train it's our evil ceo or coo Putting the OO. Uh oh, and the OO. I hate this fucking guy. But, but guess what? I as soon as they opened the door, I was like, just throw him overboard. Just grab him and throw him out. Yeah, his tummy's feeling sick though. Oh, his eyes look a little. A little milky. Yeah, it's yeah. It, it would appear that in the struggle when the conductor went to rescue him, he did get bit. Good. Yeah. Fucking goon. I wish he would have got bit a lot sooner. He seems to have control of his faculties because he manages to open up the door. Yeah, he's just turning. And that's when, when they first like open it, and they're like, oh, fuck you. Ooh, and you're turning. Yikes. And they close the door. I'm like, he's not quite turned. He's just there enough. Mm-hmm. Not only to open the door, but to impart a little bit of knowledge about what why he's such a big, fat, sucky baby. And he wants to just go and see his mommy. He wants to get to his mother. Now, so in, in moments like this, I suppose the idea is you demonstrate that, you know, not everyone's all bad, but what zombie films do quite effectively is show that in a crisis, the worst in people will come out 
as well as the best in people. So Sekwu is a, is a character where the he was kind of a shitty person, and then the best of him came out in those in, in this tragedy. Whereas that person was probably a pretty shitty, uh, unscrupulous guy, and then the worst of him came out. And so in that sense, a dude with a noble purpose of I got to go see my mother is a horrible person because we've forgotten the fact that like, yes, he responsible for the conductor getting killed. Yes. He is responsible for the train attendant getting killed. He is responsible for our teens getting killed as well. Sui and Youngguk, uh, getting killed. He tosses her to the fucking wolf. She, her thigh gets bit. He, she turns and then she just bites his neck because he can't let her go. And so he is responsible for a lot of people's deaths. So to, un, unfortunately, although I can empathize with the fact that he just wants to very desperately go see his mother because he's worried for her, it doesn't really excuse anything that he's done because everyone has lost people. Everyone is trying to get to people. Everyone is trying to do something, but it doesn't mean that they have to also be the worst, the yeah. fucking worst. The absolute fucking worst. And his stakes aren't too high because he's had a long life. I'm sure he's seen his mother lots. But... This is our final showdown. Man versus infected. Evil businessman versus good businessman. Even <laughs> they're even is, yeah. they're even wearing white and black respectively. Yeah, they are. Uh, I like that it doesn't go on too long. It doesn't go on too long. There is a struggle. Uh-oh. Yeah, a struggle with an infected, you know, that usually leads getting fucking bit. Someone well, maybe he wouldn't bit. have gotten bit if he grabbed the dude's hair or jacket as opposed <laughs> his to, like, mouth. cupping his fucking mouth. Yeah. It's like, that's the last place you want to grab. And I saw folks. many opportunities in a little scuffle for him to throw him overboard. But whatever, you know, I wasn't there. I know how hard it is. Hand-to-hand combat. Is yeah, okay, yeah, long. it's always hard. It's yeah. always hard. So I, I, it seemed to me that he could have just given him a good shove. And he had gone flying over that rail. Mm-hmm. But whatever. It's just a shame. He does get bit. And right away, from the daughter's wailing, you can tell she's seen it and she knows exactly what's coming. Yeah. It becomes this moment of, of between the fact that she reveals that she's kind of being a hard ass to him throughout this whole movie because of the fact that she's angry at him and she feels like he doesn't want her. But she does very much want him in her life. It's not like she's trying to escape him. This idea of this song that she's been singing at a recital, she does poorly. And, and she says, I wanted to sing for you and you weren't there. So the song couldn't come out properly. And, and so this moment and beforehand, she says, I want you to stay with me. I want you to be with me. Mm -hmm. And then in this moment, they have that conversation again, where she's like, I want to stay with you. And she's holding, clinging onto him, little hands. And, and it can't. I mean, you've seen what this infection does. You know what this means. And so he has to tear himself away. And he tells uh, Song, you got to look after her now and and take care of her. And he fucking dips to the back of the train and, again, cries, like, breaks down privately, won't break down in front of her. Like, you know, he's even though they have conversations about his emotions and aren't you scared? He's like, of course I'm scared and 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 all this kind of stuff. But it's coming from that very stern, emotionless view. And so as his infection is coming forth, his last thoughts are of his daughter when he was born. Last time, maybe he felt actually happy. And 
and or 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 like unapologetically happy. Or at least it's the first time we get to see him smile because he's done yeah. none of that, not one through this entire film. Yeah. Uh, but he does have a very genuine smile. I could have done without the little flashbacks of like baby being born, but I don't know how else they would have accomplished that. So whatever. But like I do enjoy the the smile as the infection takes hold, mm-hmm. and then he just dips off the train. Yeah, and quite gracefully too. So we get like a, a silhouette of him just mm-hmm. just falling off the back of the train True. I mean, on a cord. That fall wouldn't kill him and even if it did, he's I mean he's still he's still walking around out there. No, and he's only half done so he's not like raging yet. He knows it'll take him a few minutes of grievous injury before he is infected and it doesn't matter how fast he runs after the train, they're safe. Yeah, he wouldn't even know. At that point I'd think it would like leave his brain. Might, yeah. And and he would just be so basically in that in between Basan and the last station, he's just wandering around there kind of vacant. Yeah, yeah, which is kind of a beautiful idea. And I do like that it ends with a I think it's pretty realistic. There's a lot of really realistic stuff where um the the daughter is freaking out and doesn't want to let him go and just almost a mantra of I want to stay with you. That's all that she can think of and and I was only half joking about how she does kind of look like a zombie when she's like crying mm-hmm. and freaking and screaming and banging on the window. Um but it is a very realistic reaction of what a child would have being torn from their parent in that situation. Yeah. But it doesn't end with like, let's teach you how to use a gun. No, <laughs> Little Missy, you're gonna have to take care of yourself. No. You know, yeah, when the time comes, you gotta put the bullet in my head, baby. You can you know? do me. No, you know, he just basically says this is probably the break. And when you get to the station, slow down. And so when they finally (laughs) get to Busan. Yeah. It's not quarantine. It's on fire. That's probably where the flaming train came from. So, yeah, we lose hope all over again if we had any to begin with. Mm -hmm. You get eventually to a point where the road has been blocked. They can't go through the tunnel. And what we have here is a military unit. Now, you might think that when we're getting to this point of the film – as they're walking through the tunnel, it's silhouetted. Mm-hmm. They can't see. They can't see if anyone's infected. They don't know. They the even refer to them is. as bogies. Bogies, yeah. They get orders to shoot to kill, and so and it's a headshot, right? That you see mm-hmm. them line up in the sights with a headshot. So you're like, okay, that seems to be. It seems it, like it's probably headshots, but we've never seen anyone with a gun in this movie so far. So mm-hmm. it must be that must not answer the question quite neatly. Actually, thank you for that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so uh, the only thing that you think that you might have like a Ben situation here. Yeah. And, and and I mean, that's a way to end the picture. I'm not saying it would ruin it. It's soul crushing. But you know, the little girl would survive because they'd shoot the adult first unless they were funny guys and shoot the kid first. But like, yeah. no, they were, they were lining up to shoot the pregnant woman first, which is worse, I guess. They didn't know she's pregnant, but whatever. Yeah. So the kid would have reacted in a human way, not in an affected way. So she would have undoubtedly been saved because mm-hmm. they would have realized right away they made a terrible mistake and shot a survivor. Yeah. But luckily, the guy with the trigger hesitates just long enough because they want to verify too, right? Yeah. I mean, they're doing I mean, their job on one hand and they're following orders as well, but they are also probably been in this situation a couple times with looking across the field and being like, Oh God, I can't tell if that's infected or not. Yeah. And, and honestly, it, it, it's almost like, um, it, it's almost like in uh, 28 days, uh, 20, wait, 28 weeks later, the sequel to it, where the, the people are coming out of the station and, and they're just like, I don't know who's infected and who's not infected. And they're basically just like, kill them all. And, and again, before these people are soldiers, they were humans first. So they, 
they, they, it's just like, what do you mean? Just like shoot. And even though it is their orders and I don't doubt that they would have eventually done it, but yes, that hesitation makes total sense to me because mm-hmm. they're like, okay, yes. Okay. I'm taking the shot. I am, but let's just as long as humanly possible, just so a hundred percent. So I can fucking sleep tonight. Yeah, exactly. Um, anyway, what happens is, is it, tears in her face to end is singing her song, her Aloha song. Hello and goodbye. Hello and goodbye. And it says we'll meet again in the song, which is good. So it's an Alfredersen. It's an Alfredersen. And it's an Alfredersen and hello goodbye song all in one. (laughs) Her Aloha song. It her Aloha song. And she finally sings it. And that lets them know, okay. Isn't Chow hello and goodbye too? Yeah. Is Salu? Salu? I think Salu is. I don't know. People I don't use know. Salu all the time. I've seen Salu happy as does good. Hello and goodbye. I have no idea, but mm-hmm. I do know that uh, it would be funny if the soldiers are, are thinking they're singing. That is some talented infected. Pop pop. Yeah. <laughs> no. It, what happens is they realize that they're not infected, and they've been infected with the joy of song, Wes. Oh. <laughs> and suddenly we're out of here. It's a credit time. Yeah, it's lovely. There's no pre-credit sequence where they do shoot them anyway. Yeah. Which is what I was holding out for. Or in a pre-credit sequence where the deer ends up in the river. Or I don't know what. But there was none. No head in a, in a cooler. Yeah. So we are good and we done. And that's Train to Passan. I, I I think that ultimately the, the way that this, this movie goes... You could definitely do sequels. Just talk about a different story. That's a nice, like the Rec series. The Rec series. Well, I mean, they. That's not entirely accurate, but there's a couple of the Rec movies that are not really part of the main story. They're just like other. Here's other people during the infection or whatever. But this gives you an opportunity. Is like, do you want to follow these characters and see where this little girl is years later? Now is she like some kind of like fucking badass zombie killer or? Are are we just doing? Well, I, I don't know. Is she twitching, traumatized? Yeah, is she twitching? State hospital? Yeah. Or yeah. um, do they manage to take the the country back? Or how is this confined to your borders? What's yeah. going on in North Korea? I'm pretty excited to watch Twenty Eight Days Later because I haven't seen it in a god about four or five years. I saw that flick when it came out. That's yeah, the only, me too. That's the oh, only no. time okay, I've seen it. It's been it. that long. I yeah. love that. I love that. Yeah. So I'm glad that I got a chance to watch this. It was awfully long, though, I will say. it is. I found that with the whaling as well, though. There was a lot of people that really enjoyed the whaling. Um, this is at least uh, enjoyable that I can sit through it and I'm not just mm-hmm. constantly looking at the clock at all. Mm-hmm. The whaling, on the other hand, unfortunately. Yeah, I think this movie is two hours, but once you factor in credits, I mean, you can really get out of there. It's about as long as this episode. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, I have nothing else to really add except for that we have 28 Days Later coming up on our next episode. Mm-hmm, uh, yeah. Tune in to Bind Torture Cast to hear my dumbass voice, but us talk about a really cool anthology film for those that enjoy anthology films. And that episode is probably about as long as this one, too. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, that's something to look forward to. We wouldn't know what to look at me, but I guess I like just talking and talking and talking. Although after 28 Days Later... We have a very special episode coming up where we're featuring a film that we sort of maybe were reluctant to have on the show, but we have fun reasons too. And I think it ties in now, uh, Friday the 13th. 
Yes. Yeah, which is cool. I've had a chance to check out the video game, which is is fun, even though I'm not like an online game playing type person whatsoever. Mm-hmm. But Chris and I have both checked it out um, for our own purposes, you mm-hmm. know, to to watch it and play it as Friday 13th fans and see what you can do as Jason. Um, we have to spend more time in it because we just don't have the time that a lot of people... I was astounded that the the game was released with all of the problems it was having but there were still like walkthroughs tips and tricks how to kill jason seven kills blah blah blah, all the skins and it's just like how the fuck do you people have this kind of time but i guess they do so it's cool Mm. too well some people especially make their our youtube career is video games right so they just this is what i do i make videos for youtube oh i know that but i mean how buggy that was i was astounded that despite all of those roadblocks they got to Basan. I mean, they got all the tips and tricks videos out. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. It's really cool. So well, I, I'll be really excited to watch at least part one if I don't just start watching the series again. I, I kind of hope it doesn't trigger that within you because I know you're very susceptible to that infection, watching all of the Friday the 13th. Man, let me tell you something. And that's excited. We're going to be doing that uh, next in, in a couple weeks, I guess. Yeah. And that's going to be our fun, fun time. Is it a commentary track? It wasn't supposed to be. Do you need it to be? Yes. Oh, God. <laughs> it's important. It's We set a precedent. You set it yourself. For Halloween. Well, I mean, this is like one of our biggies. It is a biggie, though. It so, is a biggie. Okay. That sounds fun to me. Yeah. Yeah. And you want to know it's going to be hilarious? It's going to be just like Texas Chainsaw Massacre, where I think to myself, I better make sure I watch Friday the 13th one more time before we do the episode. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, that's fucking... I'm excited now. You want to know something fun? Even though it's not news whatsoever, it's come and gone, people, so you you missed out. Just after we did Rabbit, when Chris was here visiting, there was a free, for Canada's birthday, showing of scanners at the Bytown. So when the Bytown says to us that they play horror too, they are not kidding. <laughs> that is a little reference to a Twitter conversation I had with the Bytown Cinema here in Ottawa a little while ago where I was lamenting the fact that there was no place to watch current horror movies because our downtown cinema or the closest thing to a downtown cinema seems to just not play them. And then I complained about our another theater closing. And then I said, Mayfair, Mayfair, that's the thing to do and when you want horror in Ottawa you got to go to the Mayfair theater and then like a like like the Mayfair theater's kid brother by town hey wait up guys theater yeah it's just like we play horror sometimes too <laughs> it was adorable because it's like yes i've seen a horror movie there once you yeah. are so you are correct you are correct but the, adorable you know, little theater you little ragamuffin but they showed scanners which is fucking cool yeah. yeah, so maybe maybe I shouldn't be so reductive to the Bytown Cinema. You guys are doing some good work there. And you know what? I'm always great and grateful to have Grand Old Theaters still uh, in operation. It can't just be Mayfair all the time. But uh, yeah, absolutely. And you know, um, so that is de- that's that's coming up. But I'm super excited to do Friday the Thirteenth. That is the peanut butter and jelly of horror movies to me. That is <laughs> that is ratatouille. That is fucking. A handful of almonds. A handful of almonds. Pecans. Pecans. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That okay, is. Okay, just... I get it now. It's like peanut butter and jelly. You mean it's cheap and gross and poison? But no, yeah, it is. Yeah, so I'm very excited for that. But I mean, next up, we do have 28 days later. And also, just a reminder, guys, if 
you have a film that you'd like us to do. We have a couple of requests still on the docket, but if that's no reason why you can't add yours too. We take all applications but uh, and heavily consider them. But if you want to do that, hit me up at Twitter at Wes Dead Air Nipe. You can bother Lydia at Lydia that typical idea if you want to, but I'll actually respond. And you can also message on spotterpictures.net or on our SoundCloud. Or if you want to really help me out, if you want to be my best fucking friend ever, to review us on iTunes. Give us a little love there. I would be so pleased to see iTunes reviews. It, yeah. it really is the way that I hunt for podcasts when I'm on iTunes. I Google a lot, too. But, I mean, iTunes, unfortunately, drives a lot of that traffic, too. Yeah. So, yeah, I'd love to see. Just please unlock that achievement for us. <laughs> there are reviews sitting in there that we can't see yet. So I, really I know. It's weird. Yeah. It's weird. Why would they do that? Why can't I just read every review as they come I in? I think they're just lazy. I think that Apple is lazy, period. When it comes to iTunes, kind of runs itself. It's mm-hmm. like a Roomba. <laughs> they don't know that it's full of cat hair. That's okay. We'll just fucking put some googly eyes on it and give it a name. Steve. Steve. Steve, the iTunes. So you can Roomba. review us on Steve. <laughs> you can review us on Steve with googly eyes. I'm Wes Knight. I'm Typical Lydia. And you've been listening to Dead Air. <laughs>